What's up, everybody? It's Mr. James O'Neill here, keynote speaker, National Board Certified Math Teacher, and today, your podcast host. My mission is targeting mastery for all, empowered by equity for all, through the belief of expectations for who? For all, y'all. And if you know, if I'm saying y'all, you know where I'm hailing from. I'm hailing from the South. By way of the QC, the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. And today is the last day of Black History Month. So I'm super excited that you decided to join me. Today is the last day of Black History Month, and today I want to honor all the Black teachers that I've ever had as a student. And so throughout my life, I've had one, two, three, four, five, six Black teachers, four of them through K through 12 education and two of them in higher education. And so I'm excited to talk about them today. So my first Black teacher was Mrs. Davis. She was my fifth grade math teacher. And I know I talk so much about Mrs. Simmons, who was my eighth grade uh, math teacher. And though she's not a black woman, she actually changed my life. Mrs. Davis was the first black teacher I ever had in the classroom. And so Mrs. Davis stood as almost a six foot to me at the time, six foot woman. She was heavy set, or as we call big bone. And she had the these huge hands. I'm telling you, Miss Davis had these huge hands. And so I remember being in her class and just enjoying her. She was funny and she was stern. Now you didn't cross Mrs. Davis. Let me tell you what I let let, let me tell you. You did not cross Mrs. Davis. Let me tell you, back then, they could still paddle us. <laughs> And so this was in 1995. I grew up and uh, my, my middle school days was in the 90s. And so back in Bellhaven, North Carolina, you can still get your behind paddle. Like they did not play. And Mrs. Davis would just pop you every now and then. And like, what you doing, boy? Get yourself together, boy. And so in her classroom, she was such a mothering figure. It was so much fun. She taught us amazing math. And the one of the things that I remember is how I felt. And, you know, going back to fifth grade, I am now 38. <laughs> I can't remember everything I learned in fifth grade. But as we say, it's not necessarily all the things that we remember. It is how the classroom made us feel. And and Mrs. Davis made me feel like I better pay attention. And also she made me smile. She made my heart smile. And so one of the major things that I remember about her class is that we used to use the protractors to create these circles. And then those circles, we would make these diagrams or these circle or flower pictures. And I remember being an artistic person. I used to love when we had those free time in the compass or well, in the protractor. And we would draw these flower images with our protractor. And we used to color them and she used to put them up in the classroom. And and it was one of the biggest takeaways from that classroom is just having that moment to express yourself artistically and mathematically, looking at the different patterns, looking at the symmetry that was created from the protractor. I just remember her classroom being a classroom of full joy, full enjoyment and sternness. Because when Mrs. Davis said, look at me. <laughs> oh, you looked at her. 
She was an amazing teacher. And today, Mrs. Davis, I honor you for changing the way I viewed myself even as a student. You were the first black teacher that I've ever had. And today I honor you. Next is Mr. Harding. You know, in fifth grade, I got uh, Mrs. Davis, but in sixth grade, I got two black male teachers, Mr. Hardy and Mr. Satchel. So Mr. Hardy taught sixth grade science. And Mr. Hardy, I remember that he, all the young girls had a crush on Mr. Hardy. He was like this smooth talking dude. And, you know, me coming up in my little puberty, I used to hate on Mr. Hardy, but like, he think he's everything. Like all the girls just swooning over him and, and everything. And so I was just like, I don't like Mr. Hardy because, you know, he's just trying to just pull everybody. And, you know, back then in your little middle school mindset, you know, goodness, well, that that's what's not his goal, that the girls just liked him because he was smooth. Like Mr. Hardy was Mr. Smooth. He had this green car and. And um, I think it was a green um, Mitsubishi or something like that. And I just remember like, who has a green car? (laughs) I used to hate on Mr. Hardy all the time because I just felt like he was just too smooth. And, And inwardly, I really wanted to be like him, but I didn't have that inside of me to be like him. But Mr. Hardy taught science and he was strict as well. Like we grew up in a small town and everybody knew everybody. And there was an expectation that you did not go in school, go to school to embarrass your parents. Like you just did not do that. And so I remember learning in Mr. Hardy's class, learning about science. I remember just knowing that this is the first black male teacher that I've ever had. And next to Mr. Hardy was Mr. Satchel. Now, Mr. Satchel was my (laughs) cousin. And so, but Mr. Satchel was ex-military or he might've been in the National Guard at the same time, something like that. And when I tell you, Mr. Satchel put the fear of God in you, like nobody, (laughs) when I tell you nobody Nobody messed with Mr. Satchel. Mr. Satchel was buff. He wasn't that tall, but he was stocky. And, you know, he taught social studies. I never even told you what he taught because I'm still (laughs) traumatized by the way he looked. And so Mr. Satchel was my cousin. And he literally said on the first day, my other cousin, cousin Sheena was in the class. He said to the students, these two are my cousins. I am not going to treat them any differently. In fact, I may be harder on harder on them than I am on you. These are my cousins and expect me to treat every student the same. And so I knew the word out on Mr. Satchel that he did not play. When we talk about corporal punishment in the classroom, <laughs> he did not play. Mr. Satchel had a paddle and needless to say, that one day he went to the back to paddle a student and broke the paddle on that student. And I'm not saying this is the time that we lived in. Nobody died. Nobody tried to commit suicide or anything like that. But when I tell you that we behaved in his classroom, I remember someone saying, (laughs) I love Mr. Satchel. I love my cousin. But I remember someone saying that Mr. Satchel jacked somebody up on a fence one time. (laughs) Like, they did not play. 
they did not play. Mr. Satchel put the fear of God in you. And I remember sitting in class, just sitting in awe that he commanded us. Um, we had fun. Um, I don't remember how much fun we had, but I just remember that Mr. Satchel was the epitome of a strong black man that garnered respect. And I looked at him in awe of how he brought respect to the hardest of dudes. Like it didn't matter who you were. You are not going to be alpha in that classroom. And sometimes when I think about some of my boys or some of the females, even whoever that wants to try me in the classroom, I think about the fact that it doesn't matter how alpha you are in your group. I am the alpha in this classroom. And so Mr. Satchel showed me how classroom management and the fear of God <laughs> went together. I don't know we feared God. I think we just feared Mr. Satchel, to be honest with you. And so Mr. Satchel, who was my cousin, was the second black male teacher that I've ever had. And it's so funny because fifth and sixth grade, they went back to back. And I saw like the sea of black teachers that that was just different. It just woke me up. It made me feel a different way. I felt like I could express myself. I heard language that was used in my, my home. I, I felt like they were an extension of my family. I felt like I was looking at my uncles or my aunts and people that I could admire. I remember looking at Mrs. Davis and just seeing like she was a motherly figure, stern, but yet loving, caring and kind and would do anything for you. In ninth grade, I got another black teacher by the name of Mrs. Burris. And Mrs. Burris was a really quiet lady. She taught science, and I was in her honors environmental science class in ninth grade. And I just remember sitting in her class and learning. And I, I was learning what she was teaching, but it was kind of like shocking to me how soft-spoken she was. And how when she gave you a look, Boy, that look, <laughs> you melted with her eyes. Like, it was like, how, how can you command a class talking like this? And it was, <laughs> it was shocking to me how she could teach us science. And yes, I was in this honors class. And so the, the classroom behavior was a little different than the standard class. But at the same time, I was like, wow, like, really? Like, really? You're you're able to teach in this soft-spoken, sweet way, which could turn into an eye look that would melt you, that you were like, oh, I better get this thing together, or I would stop. And I honestly think because of the lack of connection that I felt that I had with Mrs. Burris, that I didn't enjoy her class as much, but I did enjoy seeing another black woman in front of me. I did enjoy the fact that I could tell that she cared about my grace, and I could tell that she cared about me, and I can tell that her expectations of me were high like she didn't play it got on my nerves sometimes her her excellence like she had this decorum of excellence that she walked by and she walked in and she expected nothing but the best from me it was almost like a perfection that she would call me to and when I didn't reach it though I had my own insecurities at the time I didn't like the fact that I didn't reach her standard but it did call me to be a better teacher it called me to be a better person at the time and it also again dipped me into this love of math and science for me math and science were my favorite subjects so Mrs. Burr 
first brought life to that. So those were my K through 12 black teachers, Mrs. Davis, fifth grade, Mr. Satchel and Mr. Hardy, sixth grade, Mrs. Burris in ninth grade. And that was the end of my K through 12 black teachers. There were other black teachers that I did not have the chance of having. And I heard that they were amazing teachers, Miss Heath, for one, I did not have her class, and Miss Mann, who's gone on, um, I didn't talk about the other teachers, but uh, who has gone on to be with the Lord, and so I did not have those teachers, and the reason why I didn't have them was because I was on this honors track, and they didn't teach any honors courses that I could take, or it did not correspond with my schedule. The only teacher that had taught honors classes was Mrs. Burris, and so when I look at the fact that they didn't teach honors classes i look at that now through a different lens and i and i feel like so many other students missed out on who they were and i know they were called to who they were called to and i know they did an amazing job with the students that that crossed their paths but i didn't have a chance to have them because they were not on this honors track and those two were um, incredible, incredible teachers. That's what I hear. Miss Mann taught a African-American class, elective class, and so many times I wanted to take it and I was at the time going through, wow, I'm really getting personal with this. I was really going through my own internalized racism because taking honors classes put me in the classes of other white students and so many times my black peers looked at me as if I was trying to be white and so I began to detract from those classes that had a whole bunch of, of my black peers because of the simple fact that I did not feel welcomed as a black student, as a black boy, because I was in the honors and then soon to be AP courses. And so I remember now one of the, the greatest regrets, I wouldn't say greatest regrets, I would say one of the things if I can go back and do differently, I would have taken that African-American um, elective class with Miss Mann. I would have taken that class because who I am today is a reflection of who my people were and their advancements. And if I could connect it with black excellence back then, maybe even though I was walking in it, I just was not celebrated for it. You know, back then I, I look at my students in the classroom now and I know I'm going down a different route, but I'm just gonna go there for right now. I look at my students now and sometimes I literally tell them, y'all, it is amazing to see how many of you all you black students are in a math one class. It's amazing to see how many of you that are on the honor roll. It's amazing that none of you all feel or have said that being highly intelligent is equated to being white or Asian. And in some senses, because in math classes, those are Asian populations are highly represented in those classes. And so when I look at my kids, I'm like, wow, y'all are amazing. And you you have grown in something that we paved the way. Because back in my time, like I'm super old, right? But back in the 90s, it wasn't cool in this little small town to be a black boy with the majority of the white kids. And so if I could go back and do anything differently, and I've never shared that before, I would necessarily take Miss Mann's African-American class so that I 
could tap in to my black roots because back then I did not feel that I was black enough and people did not make me feel that I was black enough even though I did everything black <laughs> in the world other than take the classes that were standard at my school and so that's K through 12 when I got into NC State University I had an advisor and teacher by the name of Miss Carolyn Veal and y'all the purpose of Miss Carolyn Veal in my life was to hone in to our black heritage and support us at a predominantly white institution, PWI. At NC State, NC State, over we had over at that time 26,000 students, and only 6% of the students were black. And that has not changed to this day. I graduated in 2006 i first went to college in 2002 and it is the same the same the same statistics demographics and some say it's even gotten worse and so when i went to campus they had this african-american symposium for all they invited all the african-american students there a week before uh maybe not a week but uh, a couple of maybe weeks before class started and I met Miss Carolyn Veal through that class. She she held a class for the College of Education where she supported us, where she told us of our excellence, where she supported not only us in our academics, but emotionally. I mean, socially. I mean, she really wanted us to stick together and be a family and support one another and be there for one another and check in for one another. And I've never Wow, wow, Miss Veal. I never look back and see how pivotal she was in my life and how she brought us together. And though I may not contact the students that I graduated with every year or, or whatever like that, we were a family in that school of education. And she just taught us how to be successful and manage it all. We became a part of her life. And I'm so thankful for you, Miss Bill. I really am. I never knew how much you did for me. Coming in on to a campus where you kind of feel like you don't belong anyway. And here I am again, another minority in the midst of it's usually a sea of whiteness. And she made me feel at home. And that's why I love her today. I love you, Miss Veal. My last teacher that I wanna talk about, I'm so tore up right now. <laughs> um, the last teacher I wanna talk about has gone on as well. It is Dr. Lee Stiff. While I was at NC State, I did not know how big of a person Dr. Stiff was. I remember me and my boy Travis at the time was taking classes and Dr. Stiff was one of the most intimidating Ooh, intellectual minds that I've ever met in my life. I usually tell this story and I'm going to tell it again in another podcast, but literally I remember sitting in his class and I think I was a junior at the time and we, he asked us to prove the Pythagorean theorem. 
And no one, when I tell y'all no one knew why A squared plus B squared equals C squared, nobody knew. And the reason why none of us knew why, because no teacher taught us why A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And so <laughs> he made us feel so small. Y'all, he was just like, and y'all about to be teachers. I'm telling you, he dug into us like it was nobody else. And when it came to Travis and I, the only two black males in that class at the time, he did not play with us either. He went ham on us. And I just remember walking into his classroom and feeling like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I don't get anything wrong. It was just like, it wasn't the best. I didn't internalize his hard love the right way. But as I look back now, I knew that he was just trying to make me get it. And he was just trying to help me understand that it's worth getting. And Dr. Stiff, who had been the president of the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics, like he was big. He had wrote books and textbooks. And I remember going to Pittsburgh and teaching and seeing Dr. Stiff as one of the writers of my textbook. And I didn't even know at the time. He was in movie production. He did so much stuff. He held a life, but he was dedicated to making sure that NC State were putting out the best of the best when it came to educators and math educators. And I just remember learning about him in my latter years and I wrote him and I said, I did not know that you did all these things. And I let him know that I am so proud of him and proud to be one of his students. Dr. Stiff changed my life. He let me know that conceptual understanding is way more important than rote memorization. I could solve the Pythagorean theorem. I could write it out, but I did not know why it exists. And you know, in the, the world of mathematics now, knowing why is way better and it's, it's being pushed more than any other time when we grew up learning math because it was just like people that had great memories were just better math students. And now it's about connecting the why. Why do we divide? Why am I dividing? Why am I adding? Why am I subtraction? subtracting? Why do exponential functions look the way they look? Why do quadratics functions look? So we learn the why behind the math and empowers you. I didn't get geometry when I was in school because I didn't know why things worked. And so I had to always retest and get a better grade because I had to reteach myself. Why does this work? And so he make he made math make sense. And today, Dr. Stiff, like I remember sending you a message and before you pass, I and before the pandemic came, because he passed in the middle of the pandemic, I said that I was going to meet up with him because I was going to NCCTM, which is the North Carolina Council of Teachers of Mathematics, and um, was going to meet up with him and have lunch with him. And, and that got canceled because of the pandemic. And, and shortly after, he passed away. And I, I look back now at these mighty, wonderful black male and female teachers in my life. I got a piece of them in what I do. And I'm so grateful for Mrs. Davis. I honor you, Mr. Hardy. I'm grateful for you, cousin, Mr. Satchel. Thank you, Mrs. Burris. Miss Carolyn Veal, Dr. Veal, 
I love you. Dr. Stiff. Thank you for changing my life. Today, I want to honor the black teachers that I had, that I've had throughout my career. I am grateful for you. Mr. Ebron, I can't forget about my principal <laughs> in elementary school. I am so grateful for you and your wonderful, wonderful contributions to the place called education. Thank you. Thank you. And I honor you on this last day of Black History Month. All right, y'all. So I did not know I was going to go the way I went. I did not know I was going to be touched and <laughs> and feel the way I felt when I started talking about these teachers. But when you know their impact, when you know the representation matters, when you know that you know that you know that these teachers paved the way for you to be in the classroom today, I don't see how I wouldn't expect me to be tore up at the end of this podcast. And so, listen, y'all, if you ever need anyone to come in to talk to your teachers, your parents, your students, if you need a keynote speaker, I am your man. You can find me on Facebook and IG at Mr. James O'Neill, O-N-E-A-L. You can find me at LinkedIn and Twitter at Mr. James O'Neill. There's no dot. Again, O'Neill spelled O-N-E-A-L. Or you can look at my website to find other videos and find other content to support you at mrjamesoneal.com and you can also request me to do a workshop keynote i have content and um times are really getting busy and so i'm getting booked which is an amazing thing today was one of my favorite podcasts because i had a chance to reflect and to honor some amazing people and you know what i'm super excited that you decided to join me today, today. have an amazing day